Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Dishy Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Thursday night here at Alter Confusion, where we do the thing where we alter your gaming confusion, or so I'm told. And holy crap, your background changed. Yes, yes, it did. Thank you, Zelius, for noticing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the political comer himself, Zelius. And you have a different head set of cans. Yes. So, uh, Alter Confusion. Wireless cans. So, Alter Confusion's uh, office space has been. Uh, 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 morphing or changing or I guess evolving uh, as I've gone more since my 9 to 5 job has become basically remote uh, I've basically been rearranging the entire office so this is part of the new setup uh, it's not complete but uh, I kind of ran out of energy I honestly can't tell if your hat's backwards or if you have like a beanie type of cap on it's my hat's disturbing. backwards I'm trying not to show the logo Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. You're welcome. A little. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a weekly show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you. Hopefully, during the show. If you, at any point in the show, have any topics that you'd like for us to cover, please drop them in the chat, and we'll try our best to cover them as soon as we can. If, by some unfortunate means, we are unable to cover uh, the topic, we will add it to the list. So we could start off with it this or uh, next show. So yes. Um. So small recap: Alter Confusion's office space, same place, just move stuff around. Uh, it's really hard to describe. Uh, but let's just say that, um, I decided that a little bit of change and a little less uh claustrophobia, uh, claustrophobia. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, it's going to be different. I'll, I'll, I'll show like progress pictures and stuff on Instagram. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's altered confusion. All right. So I apparently opened the wrong document, which is a great start to the show, but knowing how things are going. Yay. Uh, okay. Um, so the first topic tonight, uh, is the last is unfortunate is the, the topic we were not able to cover uh last show and that of course is uh franchises that basically cross medias like a book to movie or for alter confusion is more um uh video game to movie so let's talk about a couple of i i pulled up a couple of uh, of these examples uh, basically someone asked you know with chris pine being attached to an upcoming and on really with the uh not known about uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie. How do you how do you feel about this type of you know like a game into a uh, into movie? So uh, Zelis and I we we kind of touched this about this a, uh, after the show uh, last week, and that was you know the the main one that comes to mind for me, or hell the the one person that comes to mind for me when it comes to video games going over to movies and probably spectacularly horribly is you bull. Um, we're talking like dungeon siege, blood rain, all that jazz. So I, uh, I saw blood rain, but I never actually managed to see dungeon siege. Are you, how I would assume that you would have seen in the name of the King. Cause uh, I knew how bad it was. Even though it does have a Jason Statham, I really right. should watch it. I just haven't. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Anyways. Um, so 
maybe I had a little bit too much time on my hands for this, but uh, I I made a list of a couple of uh, different um, games that made the you know the the TV or movie jump. Of course, Dungeons and Dragons with a Chris Pine being uh, pinned to a 2022 movie. Then of course, there's the Dungeons and Dragons uh, movie from 2000, which was uh, oh, is interesting. Uh, then of course, if you know, if I'm going to do Dungeons and Dragons, I have to do my research, and that is uh, that there was actually a TV show from 1983 to 1985, which I actually own the DVDs for, which was actually really good. Um, Sam Grizzle says, Mortal Kombat, Re- Resident Evil, Mario Brothers. So the, the funny thing is, uh, first of all, you I, I think we've announced this before. There is going to be a new Mario movie, and uh, Miyamoto is going to be a huge part of it. Um, like he's uh, you know, going to make sure, I think it's going to be CGI, though. I don't think it's going to be live action. The funny thing about the, the live action uh, Super Mario Brothers is that the writers did not want to make a Mario movie. And the lead actor, who I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, said it was the worst decision in his life to actually play Mario. Mm. I can believe it because it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But um, so so we also talk about Dungeon Siege, which of course the, the movie is uh, In the Name of the King, which, which uh, released in 2007. And of course, the first Dungeon Siege uh, PC game was uh, 2002. An interesting thing is that the Dungeon Siege movie actually wasn't too far off in plotline from the game, um, which I found, I, I was actually like, oh, that's interesting because I would have figured, you know, they probably fucked it up because let's be honest, a lot of times when you get Hollywood, well, actually it's U-Bull, so U-Bull's probably like, well, we got to keep, you know, close to the source material. But when Hollywood touches stuff, they're like, oh, you know, we we gotta we gotta make it more mainstream. Uh, we gotta make sure that everyone understands all the ins and outs, and we basically throw away all the stuff that the fans, the true hardcore fans, actually liked about the book series, the video games, uh, whatever. You know, it's it's like making. I'm trying to think of a game off the top of my head. Uh, of course, uh, let's say Cyberpunk 2077. I mean that that's that's in the news for the wrong reason, but is you know definitely in the news. Let's say that they want someone wants to make a cyberpunk twenty seven seven movie, but they want to Hollywoodize it. They're basically like, okay, we're gonna have these people driving around uh, like a San Francisco, like a futuristic San Francisco. We're gonna we're gonna glue some uh, uh, metal bits to them, and they're gonna be cybernetic. We use a lot of CGI to do a bunch of like weird ass shit and. Uh, there's a love story and a betrayal and let's not actually really give the vibe of the city. The city's just kind of there and we'll make millions. I'm a fan. But yeah. I think we should make that and copyright it right now before it's too late. Uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, so uh, one of the other, so since I was doing my research, one of the uh, other movies out there, they're based on a game. Uh, this is more of a board game than anything. Uh, that, of course, is Battleship, which... I was thinking about that one. Okay, so, like, okay, for, for my my opinion about Battleship, or trying to make a movie about Battleship, or hell, about Dungeons & Dragons, or anything that's really 
I don't know. The thing is, Dungeons and Dragons, there's a shit ton of stuff you could do with it, but you're better off with like Lord of the Rings if you want to go like the dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons type route. Because unless you actually go for one of those, like, you know, right out of the box campaign storylines, every, yeah. every single movie that has dragons and wizards and bad monsters could technically be Dungeons and Dragons the movie. Yeah, I could see that. Except for Dungeons and Dragons, it has that kind of specific feel to it. Um, you don't really have a whole lot of actually mainstream movies with like magicians and thieves and warriors fighting like a necromancer or zombies. I mean, I know you got like Lord of the Rings, which is its own entity. I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is basically Lord of the Rings in RPG pen and pencil format. Um, so I'd really say, ironically, Lord of the Rings is probably one of the closest to an actual Dungeons and Dragons campaign we actually have. Right. That's what uh, I'm saying, though. Like that that is probably the closest you're going to get. But, you know, you can't just vaguely say, oh, it's a Dungeons and Dragons movie. OK, so where is it set? Because Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons has a shit ton of different like worlds and continents and the races and to be honest with you if it's um you know if it's any they're like all these different races are so mainstream i was like elves and dwarfs and half elves and uh whatever gnomes and drows which actually it's an elf uh but whatever uh it's, it's the dark elf uh, ooh, Sam brings up a good point. Clash of the Titans, in his opinion, was probably the closest to Dungeons and Dragons. Which, yes, I, I agree because you had uh, you had um, mythological creatures battling um, uh, a reluctant hero. But you know, then again, that's basically the hero story. You have a reluctant hero that's thrust into the spotlight that has to defend uh, the honor of some girl or save a kingdom or something. Uh, they have to go on a journey. Are we going to go journey into the woods reluctantly, even though I don't really want to, and it hurts me to think about it? Yes, and you're going to find in yourself the true hero. What if I have no hero within myself and it's all a lie? Then we got problems. Well, maybe that's the problem, that I don't realize it's a problem. Well... That's the first step, sir, is to realize that there is a problem. Uh, but anyways, um, back to like, you know, basically just grabbing uh, a name and trying to make a movie out of it. Uh, let's go back to Battleship, which of course, for those of you who somehow have been sleeping under a rock forever, Battleship is basically a, a strategy game between two people that uh, each one has either a pencil and paper grid or some kind of like, looks like a plastic laptop is the best way I can describe it. You open it up. It's got a grid on the top. It's got a grid on the bottom. You put your ships uh, in a position without telling your opponent uh, on the, on the bottom grid. And then you try to, then you try to guess where their ships are uh, laid out on the top grid. And then of course the first one to sink, sink all of the ships wins. Now the battleship, uh, battleship, the movie 2012, the 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 uh, the description of the 
movie is as follows. A fleet of ships is forced to do battle with an armada of unknown origins in order to discover and thwart their destructive goals. That sounds pretty exciting to me. That's not, I mean, why did you have to, the thing is, why did you have to put Battleship on there? You could just put like sci-fi alien ship versus alien armada. So Independence Day? Yeah, but on water. Ooh, isn't that like Pacific Rim then? Yeah, but without the giant robots, without the kaiju or the um. Oh shit! What what were those robots called? You just keep on killing all my hopes and dreams. I know. Uh, Sam goes very loosely considered uh, strategy, more like process of elimination, dumb luck. Yes, I, I agree. Um, there is. I, I would say it's more of an art to the guessing. Um, know thy opponent and you will find their ships faster than they can find yours. That's super deep, sir. Indubitably. All right, so another uh, video game that became a movie uh, is the series Rampage. Uh, Rampage. Now, of course, I played Rampage like in the arcades. Uh, I don't oh, think yes. I, I don't think... I, I may have owned a copy of rampage on maybe like pc or something but basically it was an arcade game yeah oh yeah god yeah it was an arcade game uh so you had the the original arcade game came out in 1986 uh it had um three different yeah three different characters you had george a king kong like gorilla transformed from human uh from human form by a experimental vitamin then you had lizzie a dinosaur slash lizard transformed by a radioactive lake and then fi finally, you had Ralph, a giant werewolf, transformed by a food additive. That sounds weird. Okay. Now, there was a movie released in 2018 that starred The Rock. So right off, you got some bonus points. Uh, the, the plot line is, when three different animals become infected with a dangerous pathogen, a primatologist and a genetics team up to stop them from destroying Chicago. That's that not bad. Sounds, wait, it sounds like another movie other than Rampage, like Skyscraper. What is that? I think it was in a movie called Skyscraper, which you just he described. was he was in a movie called uh, called Skyscraper, where he was um, he and his family are trapped in this humongous skyscraper. It was like four times the height of like the Empire State Building, and shit goes wrong. Okay, <laughs> that sounds like Skyscraper. Uh, uh, all right. I get, I get these crazy convoluted action flicks mixed up all the time. You know, the funny thing is, and, and I try to look this up and I can't find it, but uh, once upon a time, there was an attempt to make an Asteroids movie. And the the premise of the movie, which of course has now been wiped from the internet, which maybe I just dreamt up, but I swear that the premise of the movie was you had two brothers who were asteroid farmers trying desperately to get back home. And I'm like, I did not get that when I was playing Asteroids in the arcade way back when. That's deep. It's very deep. So, I mean, Zealy, can you think of any, or, or ladies and gentlemen of the crowd, can you think of any other uh, crossovers um, from like movie to video games or hell, books to video games that may have... Uh, that Wasn't there, what, didn't King of Fighters come out with one that like nobody actually saw okay so there was uh there was a doa 
Dead on Arrival, uh, which is another uh, fighter game. And you have, of course, you have your all your Mortal Kombat's. But the thing about at least the first Mortal Kombat was the fact that it actually truly stayed as close to source material as I've ever seen. It's a fighting game. So what what's the premise of the thing? They're fighting to save the world. And you got a bunch of characters. Hell, you even got the Mortal Kombat song going in the background that once you start listening to it, you can't get it out of your head. Hmm. Uh, then if, I'm not even going to talk about Street Fighter. Uh, that one, apparently, the first one was not good, but apparently the following one was just worse. Well, the first one was at least cheesy entertaining. Like, it had that certain charm about it with um, Jean-Claude Van Damme doing, mm-hmm. you know, Jean-Claude thing. Um, what's his name? The bad guy. Bison was actually entertaining. Uh, was, uh, um, uh, Raul. Uh, what was his first? He, that, was, he was Gomez Adams in the original Adams Family uh, movie franchise. Well, that, he was basically he was actually basically dying during the movie. Yeah, he died. And I think it, he died before the the movie was released. Yeah, it was I, like his last kind of gift to his family. Like that's kind of why he did it was for his kids. You know, the funny thing and, is, so for him it was a big deal. The the funny thing and and the 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 truly sad thing about the fact that he died, I think right at the end or or just after the movie was wrapped up was that in sorry spoiler alert, but M Bison almost dies in the movie and then he has basically this like restart uh electroshock that starts his heart again so you're like oh man if only the actual actor had that damn it but um yeah i mean in my honest opinion there's it's if you're gonna hollywoodize anything you're you're gonna lose the magic of what the game uh, you know, the, the, the force of what the game is hell. You don't even have to, uh, you don't even have to, tr- uh, go over genres. I mean, the one that I always harp about is, cause it's the same franchise. There was three games, three PlayStation, three games, uh, dead space, dead space two and dead space three. The first mm-hmm. two are actions like horror, um, games. They were spooky as hell. Uh, I really liked them. They were tough. They, you know, they were, of course, plenty of surprises and secrets. And I was like, all right. And, you know, the first one was good. The second one was good. Then the third one was like, you know what? We want to be more appealing to the gamer marketplace. So they just made like an action game. And sure, they slapped horror on there, but they basically left all the lights on. You know, like the whole, the whole thing about like a horror movie is, you know, Poor lighting, where shit comes out of you, uh, out at you, you know, from all angles, out of the shadows. There were no shadows in three. It was just, you know, this generic, like cookie cutter shooter game. And they're like, "Gee, I don't understand why people don't like that one." You know, they love the first two. But then again, I have the same uh, thought process behind a. Uh, of course, I'm going to date myself again. But there was, there is, was a uh, series of games uh, called Lord of the Realms. Oh, uh, yes. Those were good games. Zelius and I, we played a shit ton of Lord of the Realms. Lord of the Realms 1, in my opinion, was by far the best. The second one, they took away the ability to build your own castle, which really pissed me off because that's... I love conquering a bunch of places and then 
building this weird ass janky castle that no one's going to defeat. And then in the third one, they gave you the, the build your own castle feature back, but there were no like custom maps. So there's itty bitty little maps. And they took away like all the micromanagement that I actually enjoyed. And I'm to be totally honest with you, there's not a lot of games where I enjoy the micromanagement. But I had to take care of my sheep's wool, damn it, and my grain. No, the first one was very fun and entertaining, and I definitely yep. know I enjoyed it. It was a good micro management game. Yeah. I I I you know, you had of course uh Lord of the Realms and then uh basically in the same vein, one of the other games that Zelius and I really enjoyed, Masters of Magic. Oh, the classic. Which the I didn't you play like the um Steam version? Yeah. Yes. Uh that was basically I, updated. And and uh the the correction patch to break some of the brokenness of the game and i'm just mm. like no i can no longer op which by the way ladies and gentlemen for those out who don't know op it means overpowered did uh, you actually op the game did you figure it out not with that new patch on i didn't but you uh. can toggle it off if you want to if you toggle it off oh good memories good memories <laughs> no it was a good game i definitely enjoyed that but yeah, I, there's, I every single time I hear that there's going to be a film adaptation or a TV adaptation of of an existing property that is not film or TV, I have to hold my breath because chances are uh, they're going to screw a bunch of stuff up or just basically that the the thing is going to be, um, you know, uh, by name alone. You know, there's not going to be any other pieces to it. What about Civilization, the PC, or Civilization, the movie? Uh, isn't that like basically any war uh, conquering movie? What about the part where it's just about discovery of the origin, the early sciences, where I learned writing and the alphabet and ironworking? That's the part of Civilization I care about. More power to you, brother. So you're saying no, not a movie? Mm, probably not. But you never know. I mean, you know, could be. I mean, I'm sure if there's money to be made, there there's a movie. Uh, or sorry, I mean, sorry. If if it's if it's thought that something can make money, they'll make a movie about it. Well, this way, I never thought you were gonna have Battleship the movie. <laughs> True. True. I mean, that was, so that's what you see, Battleship the movie. I'm like, well, if they can do that, then they can do anything else. Well, for that, you know, it's like name recognition. That's why I said it's name, uh, it's na- in name only. Yeah. Yes, we we put it on the water, and uh, the uh, Americans have a battleship that's a blow up an alien armada, even though the game always had identical ships on both sides. But but it's it's aliens, damn it. I don't even know what aliens are anymore because they're so weird. And well, yeah, uh, so normalized now. Okay, so I want to I want to change pace and and uh, a bit of sad news broke uh, this past week uh, on January the fifth. Um, one of the best pro Tetris players, uh, Jonas Nirbal, uh died uh, at the mm. age of thirty nine. Uh, 
the the exact details uh, they never go into. Um, but it, uh, it was he basically uh, posted on social media that he had a sudden medical emergency, and then four days later, uh, I believe his wife was the one who jumped back on the Twitter uh, Twitter account and said it was it's with a heavy heart that we deliver the terrible news that Jonas has passed away from a sudden medical emergency. He was the absolute best. We are devastated, overwhelmed with grief, and we already miss him dearly. Information to follow when it becomes available. Now, uh, the reason why I bring this up um, is that there is a GoFundMe, which somehow the the link just disappeared, um, but I will find it, uh, for the expenses. Now, I don't know if it's actually still going or not, but I, I do want to just post it in the chat. Um, I actually watched a couple of, I think it was during one of those, um, oh, Sam, touche. Um, he, um, I think it was during one of those, uh, what should we call it? Um, like uh, ESPN, the Ocho deals when they showed like the um, Tetris World Championship, but the man had skill. And apparently he was, had quite the uh, the uh, wit. And he, uh, for those of you who are not inter- into Tetris, he was also a big part of a microbrewery uh, where he lived. So he was also helped make beer. So that's a killer combo, just saying. Oh, maybe bad choice of words. But anyways, uh, you know, uh, it's it's always sad to see a public figure, especially in the gaming, uh, you know, uh, space that actually is a um, a recognizable name to some, uh, or maybe, it, you know, it's bigger popularity or you know bigger uh, star power than other people out there. So you know, sad. Yeah, I mean, I remember playing Tetris back in the old Game Boy where it was just literally you versus the speed of which you could move the Tetraminos. There was no, like, battle raging or anything else unless you're one of the few that had the hookup wire you could actually play um, right there against somebody else in Tetris. Yes. And I remember on the bus... We would play Tetris against each other on the bus back in like grade school because that's one of the few people who, who had a cable for that. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, memories. And now I'm trying to help my students create Tetris and it's really hard. Yes. I personally, if I were you, if I were a teacher, I would not be trying to get them to do Tetris. I would go the route of Space Invaders. Uh, we've already done Space Invaders. Well, aren't you special? That was, that was like my, awesome. that was my final project for like a workshop I did. And also my final project for high school, which by the yeah. way, I, I, if you follow me on uh, Instagram or you follow to confusion on Instagram, I actually posted, uh, the, the, uh, the top sheet of my, uh, space invaders, visual basic plus, uh, code sheet. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So next topic. I did not know this was a thing. To be totally honest with you. Uh, first of all, I'm not, I really never got into the Minecraft craze, but I had no idea that Minecraft earth was a thing. Uh, 
and unfortunately, it won't be a thing for much longer. Um, so a little over a year ago, uh, Minecraft Earth was released uh, by Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft, uh, to be you know, to be even more technical, it was the developer studio Mahjong Studios, um, who's owned by Microsoft because you know they they got bought out, um, and it's going the the whole uh, what do you call it? A augmented reality experience is going to go bye bye. Uh, one of the main reasons, and I know this is going to come as shock. Is going to come as a shock to everyone is the fact that the coronavirus basically did this game in. Uh, See, yeah. the thing is, uh, it was designed around free movement and collaborative play, which those two things you can't do during the, the pandemic. Or you could, but chances are it was highly frowned upon unless you live in the United States and are in certain, in certain cities. Uh, which are now in complete lockdown, but that's besides the point. Um, or we just freely go wherever we want here in Georgia. Yeah. Anywho, so basically, the vast majority of the world actually, you know, wants to not get sick, uh, and so the vast majority of the fan base are uh, were not able to freely move about and also do collaborative play. Uh, now there were. There were attempts by Mahjong uh, to try to, you know, kind of tweak the game so that the experience you could still have some sort of experience. But unfortunately, it lost a lot of the allure uh, because you know you go to different places and different stuff would happen. But now you're, yep. you know, there's only so much you could do depending on your you know your residents some people like Zelius may only have the ability to adventure into like a kitchen uh a, a living room uh a bathroom and a bedroom and a porch uh other people don't the even have that crucial of course uh but um for those out there who are playing Minecraft uh Earth um uh, the entire experience will completely go uh, June 30th. Mm. And, um, and just so that there's no, um, last minute, uh, what do you call it? Hanger ons. Cause, uh, once upon a time, actually it's not once upon a time, but many times when companies have said, Hey, we're going to shut down this server. Um, there have been attempts by the gaming community to see how long they could last on the server before they get kicked off. Of course. Uh, the halo two, uh, was one of them, uh, the matrix online though. The matrix online did have some fun, you know, like end of the world slash game, uh, parties basically happening. Uh, but I guess to make this a little bit faster and also it's not really an online, it's augmented reality. Um, uh, nothing you can, you know, it's not like an online world that is, but it isn't. Okay. Anyways, um, June 30th is when it's going to cut off. Microsoft will delete player data on all player data on July the 1st. So it's not like you can stick around. Um, mm. Now, I know that with any game, uh, there are always going to be microtransactions. So you're going to have a lot of people out there going, well, I spent money on the game. What the hell? Yep. Uh, if you spent any money at any point, which has only been in the past year, so within, you know, 
the past year, uh, you will, I'm not exactly sure if I like this or not, you will get a token that will allow you to download the Bedrock version or Bedrock edition of Minecraft to your mobile device. Ooh. Is that a paid version of Minecraft? I have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, Zelius is going to look it up. Find out what the I, Bedrock... I know. But I don't... It'd be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to shut down uh, this um, game that you spent a lot of money on. And I mean, it's, hey, it's better than nothing. But at the same time, it's in-store credit. That's well, really what it is. Well, it's $6.99. And let's be honest, anyone who's probably playing this already has purchased the game on the App Store. I'm just Oh, yeah. Here. Yeah. Well, unlock a, uh, you know, an exclusive skin for those who tried out Minecraft Earth, which probably already happened because companies love to do cross-platform stuff. Or, uh, yeah, not cross-platform, but cross-promotions. Uh, case in point, I played Zelda Breath of the Wild, and now I'm playing Zelda Warriors of Calamity. And because I had a Breath of the Wild save, I gained an exclusive item for Warriors of Calamity. So it's kind of like that, I would assume. Mm. Speaking of games and futures, um, it it has been announced, it's kind of been rumored, but now it's getting a little bit closer to being a real thing, hopefully, uh, knowing this wonderful world that we live in. Video games get, can't, uh, get postponed to infinity and beyond. Uh, the remastering of the Mass Effect uh, franchise, the 1, 2, and 3, not Andromeda. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh, is set to release sometime in spring 2021. There are a couple of retailers in Singapore and uh, Indonesia that have the date set for March the 12th. Now, now, if you go to some place like Amazon... Mm -hmm. Amazon will say that it will be released December 31st, 2021, because they don't have a release date, so they basically just chose the end of the year. Um, but uh, the coming spring 2021 is actually from the the Mass Effect uh, official website uh, through BioWare. Now, of course, shit could change, but here's hoping. Uh, BioWare has basically said they're updating the textures, shaders, models, effects, and technical features for PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. And it will also have forward compatibility and targeted enhancements on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. I am curious to see what is it actually better? Um, meaning like, what do they actually do to help improve the game? Or is it just kind of somewhat better graphics i'll make it um, all the time because you could already skin the game with better graphics um kind of hd graphics on the pc at least i know not on the console so there's already options to kind of give yourselves better graphics using mods so that's kind of what i'll be curious of to see is how do these mods how do the how is this imaging better um and do they also change the story at all because that was one of the best parts was the storyline and the interaction and all that good stuff. So that's what we really curious to see is, is it really just an HD upgrade? How much of an HD upgrade is it? And what's, what happens with the story? 
Okay. And combat, for that matter. Because remember, each of the three games has a different combat style, too, in terms of how the ammo works, how upgrade works, how all that stuff. Are you going to keep those all different? I'm very confused. Are you sure you played my uh, Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3? Because the, yeah. the core mechanics stayed the same, except that they got rid of the Mako, which, by the way, Zelius, uh, they're going to have the Mako as the main feature of all the games. All you got to do is just drive the effing Mako everywhere. But things like how ammo work changed, because you used to have the overheat, and then you actually had ammo. So You like, still little... do. You still did, Zelius. I, don't, I think you're confusing two different games, no, because th those mechanics, mechanics stayed the same. No, one of the Are you thinking you didn't have ammo, you had just overheating, and then it changed to ammo ready to pick up clips. It was two different ammo mechanisms. It's called two different guns. No, I th it was completely different mechanisms. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go to the polls. I'm pretty sure, I don't remember which ones, but I'm pretty sure it completely changed how the I bet, I, ammo I, mechanism worked. I, I have a funny feeling that because you played Andromeda, that that was uh, between Mass Effect the first and Andromeda. But I could be wrong. I don't know. It's been a while since I played it. The one thing I am curious about is the fact that the one thing I didn't like about Mass Effect 3 was the emphasis of having to do the online play. How is that going to work into this reworking of the system? Uh, they the Graphic-wise, I, from my understanding, everything's going to be pushed to 4K. Um, Push it 4K at 144 kilohertz of epic eye candy? Sure. Yeah, if that's what it takes for you to buy the product, uh huh. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm always entertained when you go to like the game forums. Like it's never enough. It's like now that there's like 4K for like if you even have 4K TV in the first place, it's like well it's under it's 4K, but is it also 144 hertz? I don't think unless it's 144 hertz, it's really worth getting. And it's like really, like. I, I'm just always amused how there's always those people who are like, it's never enough. Look, man, you know, if you're running at full tilt, it blurs a little bit. I'm out, man. Mm -mm. I saw that one pixel that was like one hue off. Not good enough, sir. No, sir. Just that one pixel. There's never, there was no collision uh, issues or, or, you know, clipping issues or any weird shit. It's that one pixel out of oh. the, Four thousand. This bugs me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get into uh, friends of the show. As we do every single show, we give a shout out and some love and support to those who support us. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's start off with the Indie Cluster. Oop, come on, click. Uh, the Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular co conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. Now, of course, the next shout out has to be for the amazing uh, chiropractor that I use and my son uses. And if you're in the greater Atlanta area, you should use too. And that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. 
Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company is focused to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone could be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. Now, of course, we are in this pandemic thing, and I do want to say uh, up front that, uh, yes, uh, you heard right, it is a mobile chiropractic uh, care uh, but Ryan is one of the most diligent people about disinfecting, uh, all of his stuff, his, 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 uh, chiropractic chair, uh, table and all that stuff. So he takes that into, um, consider, uh, consideration. He also, um, uh, will try to make sure that he, you know, he, he wants to protect you as best as possible. So he'll work with you to whatever you need to do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the next thing we got to do uh, for a shout out is for our friend, our awesome, uh, the awesomeness that is Nerdburger, and that of course is Nerdburger Games. Nerdburger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nerdburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nerdburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored or haven't been explored very often. These games forego dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. For more information, go to www.nerdburgergames.com. Uh, Zealus and I can both go on record and say that almost the entire library... Uh, that Nurburger Games has, we have either tested or own or played. Um, there is a new one uh, that whose Kickstarter has wrapped up, and they're in the process of trying to make it a real thing now. Uh, that, of course, is good, strong hands. But the other, uh, some of the other titles are Capers, Die Laughing, and Mers and Acquisitions. Which Mers and Acquisitions was how we got to know Craig, and then we knew that this guy had something. Yes, awesome. yes, he does. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, the last thing we have to do is we want to give a shout out to our lo local watering hole. Uh, it is very important for them to keep their doors open because we love this place. That, of course, is Battle and Brew. Battle and Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle and Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now, they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. If you're in the Atlanta area, you need to check this out. Uh, for more information, go to www.battleandbrew.com. All one word. Um, they do geek trivia every Wednesday night. Uh, and they have now opened up a brunch 
uh, option on Saturdays and Sundays. And as I stated uh, in a previous episode of the Thursday Night Hangout, I am going to find a way to get one of those brunch sandwiches because, gosh darn it, I deserve it. I just want a plate of bacon. That works, too. That works, too. Just just give me good, yummy bacon. That's all I want in life. Now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, after doing a, a shout-out for the friends of the show, let's do a couple of personal shout-outs for Alter Confusion. The first one is, ladies and gentlemen, as many of you know, Alter Confusion is a huge supporter of something called Extra Life. It is. We are proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 10 years straight. Uh, Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, gaming, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our hospital, which of course is Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the ability to donate, please go and donate to our cause. If you, uh, you can either click on the link in the chat if you're on Twitch. If you're not on Twitch, um, I, I don't think searching for Alter Confusion works yet. So uh, just look for, I was going to say, the participant ID is 450208. Thank you. I completely brain fart. That's the fastest way. Um, that yeah, that's good. Just yeah, just do that. You'll get to uh, the page. We're currently. I think the the goal is currently set at two fifty. Um, Ultra Confusion slash fun. We're about to get into that one, Sam. Uh, ladies, yeah, slush fund? where's my slush fund? Yeah. Wait, what? I'm uh, Sam. You're getting my hopes up here. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion has something called Patreon. Patreon uh, allows. For the following, Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. So... Uh, currently we have two levels, uh, on Patreon. There's a $1 level and a $5 level for those of you out there who are wondering, okay, so you want me to support how much it's going to cost me a year, uh, for the $1 level, it's going to cost you $12 a, uh, a year. It's going to be, you're going to be charged a dollar at the end of each month. And, uh, because you, you ha are providing us with that dollar a month, you will gain access to, uh, early access to the playthroughs that uh, I record and post. And you also gain the ability um, to basically take uh, part in polls, uh, Alter Confusion exclusive polls. And of course you also gain the ability to have um, voice chat on Discord. Uh, I've been trying my damnedest to make Discord more open to the public. Uh, so if you're looking to join our Discord channel and you have not, I know that one of the fun ways to do it is the exclamation mark uh, Discord, but for some reason, sometimes when you're doing it on Twitch, it doesn't actually show up in the chat. Uh, and so if you go to twitch.tv uh, slash Alter Confusion, in the, the panel 
the about panel abo uh, below the video, there is a discord button that you could push and that's an automatic invite, or you could go to www.alteredconfusion.com. It's uh, in one of the panels, there is basically there's a button that says join the chat. And then Zelius has posted a, uh, a link as well in the chat. Okay, so uh, if you do the $5 level, which means that you're gonna give, or you are donating, or supporting uh, Alter Confusion uh, for $60 a year. Uh, that will not only give you all the dollar benefits, but it will also gain you uh, name or organization recognition in the Friends of the Show segment of the Thursday Night Hangout. Uh, now, as I've stated many, many times before, and, and I know I'm hyping this up and I haven't really uh, ironed out all the kinks, but I do want to put a one more higher level uh, and have something uh, with either like a guest streamer appearance. Um, I think that's what we're really going for is maybe, you know, stream with me on one of my nights or perhaps, uh, Zealous, you are, you are already, you can't be a guest because you're the co-host. So does that mean I should get the Patreon money because I'm already on here as a co-host guest? No, you're not a guest. It's like an inverse correlation property. Oh, God dang it, Celius. Anyways. Uh, I gotta so, feed my cat, man. She's starving over here. I think your Send job it. does that well enough, sir. Uh, anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, if, if, there, if you can spare a dollar or $12 a year or $5 or 60 bucks a year, Please uh, help support Alter Confusion so that we can keep our equipment up to date so that we, once this weird-ass world goes uh, back to close to normalcy, we can start attending uh, conventions again. And, of course, you know, uh, we would love to do conventions because we love you guys. Uh, now, if you want to give us a, if you want to do a donation to Alter Confusion, but you only want to do a one-time donation, there is a PayPal option. Um, if you're on Twitch or on our website, www.alterconfusion.com, there's a donate now button that goes straight to the, uh, the, our PayPal. Uh, it's a one, of course it's a one-time thing. If you do not have the ability to do financial support for Alter Confusion, the best actually hell in everything that you do, Please help us support Alter Confusion by favoring, uh, reposting, uh, liking, uh, adding your voice to everything that's Alter Confusion, be it Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Discord, Instagram. By doing that, we can make an even better community. All the communities, man. So many communities. Now, I know that a lot of people out there are curious about uh, my next trip to the post office, and I'm going to go tomorrow. I don't know how long tomorrow. I'm going to wait. I don't know how long I'm going to wait in line, but I'm going to go tomorrow. For those of you out there who want to send a physical uh, gift to Alter Confusion that I can do an unboxing video of, uh, all you got to do is send it to 1551 Dunwoody Village Parkway. Number. This is super duper important. This is the P.O. Box number. You don't put this on there, it don't go nowhere. Number 88276. Dunwoody. Once again, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y. Georgia. 30338. 
I know that I at least have one, maybe two packages waiting for me and maybe more. Uh, but uh, I will be doing quite a few unboxing videos, I feel, uh, in the very near future. Possibly tomorrow, if I can find some downtime. It is very difficult when you have a child who's doing virtual learning. Mm -hmm. Now, with that all out of the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe I have, I believe we had one more story. Ah, yes. Um, so one of um, so some of you may have heard this already, but there apparently have been talks between Chris Evans, Captain America, uh, wanting potentially to come back to the MCU. Um, Ooh. basically, you know, regaining the, uh, the role of Captain America. Which a lot of people had uh, had theorized that since Chris Evans' contract is over, it Captain America was going to become, or Falcon was going to become uh, Captain America, or Bucky was going to become Captain America. I uh, like Bucky. Well, to be honest with you, a lot of people thought, "Oh shit, I can't." I don't, are we still in spoilers for um, the end of Infinity Wars? Uh, I think we're stating that there could be potential spoilers at this point. I would say no, that I think we are past that point. So I am okay. There was can... there there was a twist with who basically dons the shield. Yep. For Captain, America. actually, how the fuck is that going to work? Watch all of Infinity War, then you'll understand why my brain is going. I don't know. But okay, with that being said, uh, there is another bit of news uh, that came out that said that Deadpool is going to become, uh, uh, you know, ascent. It's going to officially become part of the MCU, but Deadpool 3 is going to be allowed, and this is weird, but it's going to be allowed to stay as an R-rated movie. Hallelujah. See, a lot of, for some reason out there, people view that in order for it to be successful, it has to be PG-13, open to the vast majority of audience members. Um, but... Deadpool has proven that wrong twice. Uh, and didn't, what Logan, I know that Logan I, wasn't part of the MCU, but wasn't Logan radar? I think so. But I also think part of the um, skepticism around Deadpool 3 and its rating was more so because of the mouse now owning it. And That's true. did the parent mouse want to be associated with a rated R movie. I think that was the bigger question, honestly, was would Disney basically allow a rated R movie when they were now the rights owners? Um, I think that's what everyone, myself included, was cynical about was would that happen? And thankfully they seem to have seen the light. Because the thing is, is like, yes, Deadpool is obviously rated R one and two, but it's, and deservedly so, but it's not like in a nonsensical way that doesn't work like it's totally appropriate to the deadpool it's not like random gratuitous like sex and you know boobs flying and other gratuitous rated r things right it makes total sense in the context of deadpool um so i think for me it makes sense i mean obviously it makes sense because it worked for deadpool one and two um but thankfully disney has seen the vision to keep it rated r with mr ryan reynolds continuing to hurting rain over the deadpool yes now uh i know that this news is old but remember that 
whenever Deadpool 3 comes out, there's one of the characters, one of the, I guess, main character-esques uh, of the first two will not be in Deadpool 3, and that is TJ Miller's character, the, the bar owner. He is out. I would love to see, like, a random, like, I would love to see, like, for Chris Evans, that's mm-hmm. where, like, his contract is for us to be in Deadpool 3. That would be cool. <laughs> I. That would be... Like, a totally different role. I mean, obviously still Captain America, but a very different feel to it. I should put it that way. Well, it'd have to be, it'd have to be before Infinity Wars. Well, you never know. Maybe it's an old man version. Ah, spoilers! Anyways. I mean, we all grow old at some point. True. I, I mean, uh, you know, I could, the thing, the, the question that, um, that I have is yep. if this does work out as well as, you know, the previous Deadpools, does that potentially open up more MCU, um, uh, property to maybe have an R rate. Now, I'm, just, I'm not saying the, the next Avengers is going to be rated R, but other Marvel, you know, franchises that are more on the, I guess, you know, the edge of like the the Avengers universe could, you know. Well, I guess so. Here's a good question. Then, I mean, mm-hmm. I think to that point is what other movies, um, what other enterprises in the MCU world make sense to have a rated R movie. Like it doesn't make sense to have a radar movie just for the sake of being R like Logan made sense to be rated R Agreed. with how the movie worked. It was beautifully done again, nothing gratuitous, nothing like over the top, but it was perfect to be rated R mm-hmm. same with Deadpool. So I guess what in the MCU would actually benefit from being rated R and not just doing it really for shock. I guess what would not be doing it for shock value? That's the question. Because um, that doesn't make sense for MCU. They don't need it. Um, if anything, DC Universe, go all in on freaking rated R and just blow the tops off and see what the hell happens because you can't do any worse. Didn't, didn't Warner Brothers announce that they're going to try to create, uh, to expand the DC Universe on, on uh, I don't know if it was through movies or TV shows? Well, they already have for the freaking... CW for Arrowverse. Yeah. I know uh, it doesn't really count because that's like the minor characters, but whatever. Um, Yeah. I mean, DC's just, I think the problem is, is when they go in with this mindset of trying to create a universe without already having characters who we'd like, that's the issue. It's the same thing with, Tom Cruise and then they tried doing like the monster universe. It's like you already have like the thing is, is the Marvel movies, they all, well, most of them all work on their own. Yes. We all know they're part of the larger MCU, mm-hmm. but really you could basically pop in and watch any of the 23. I'm leaving in game out of this for the obvious reasons, but you can really pop in and watch any of the MCU movies and be just fine. Where it's you know it's almost like you know, True Bloods or SVU or NCS, one of those. You know they all come together like the twenty three episodes where you can watch them all. It helps to watch them all in order. Right. And at the very end, oh holy crap, two episode culmination. This is awesome. Whereas they're trying to make it into like 
this year, like DC and the one with Tom Cruise, the month one, they're trying to make it into this like serialized where every episode, every movie has to do with the other movie. And well, okay. what, what, what Tom, are you talking about the mummy? Yeah. Okay. Well, tried, like, doing, yeah. I forgot what they, they had a name for it. Um, but that was the whole purpose of the mummy was to turn it into another MCU type of universe of monsters. Um, Obviously, that didn't work. No. But that's the thing, though, that Marvel did well, is all their movies work on their own, and they're all enjoyable. Even the worst of the Marvel movies uh, are still enjoyable to watch, I think. Right. Um, whereas when DC does it, they just suck. <laughs> okay, so so uh, off the top of my head, I, I was thinking about two potential uh, uh, Marvel comic uh, franchises within, I guess, within the MCU that I think would actually benefit with an R rating. The first one, they already screwed the pooch on this one. That was Venom. I think Venom would have been amazing as an R-rated movie. Uh, but they got cold feet and decided to dumb it down. Uh, the I other one... see Venom. Because Venom, I never saw it. I heard it wasn't that good. Right, I, I heard that it wasn't that good, and one of the main complaints that I kept hearing was, you know, it would have been really good if they had allowed it to be radar. Well, question though, sorry, to, yeah, Venom though was that a Marvel production or is that a Sony production? Uh, I'm gonna say Cause Sony because I think they own Spider Man, right? Yeah, so I think it's still Sony, which, you know, it goes back to part of the issue, I think. Anyways, you're saying for your second option, the second one, and first of all, you'd have to you have to recast the the title role here. But I think if we've for some reason, uh, Fantastic Four has given has been given so many effing chances, and I think that there is another franchise out there that deserves one more chance, and that is Ghost Rider. That would oh. be a good R-rated franchise. Uh. Probably not Nick Cage, Ghost Rider, but Ghost Rider. You know what's your current huh? incarnation actually strikes me could work for rated R? What? Is Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, totally go over the top. I could see that being rated R. Yeah, well, the problem... It doesn't need to No. Be. I, yeah, I mean... I, I think because we've already got two PG-13 movies, for me, it would be kind of hard to do that. But, like, The Punisher. Ooh. Yes. That would be... That screams radar. Was the... Was the... Uh, the one with John Travolta, was that radar or was that 13? That was... A, that was well, that's actually one of my favorite movies. I love it. Uh, yep. That is a great movie. But was it radar or was it PG-13? Yeah, I'm looking that up now. Okay. Uh, because that... I mean, yeah, I'm, I would be all for that. And to be honest with you, if there's going to be a spinoff like group um, uh, movie, you know, kind of like the Avengers, but uh, Deadpool style, it's X Factor. And of course, they kind of alluded to that in Deadpool 2. But that would definitely be another um, radar franchise. Random fact, the Punisher from 2004 is a part of Earth Five eight seven three two. Oh Christ! I guess it's not part of the official um, Marvel world, obviously. So that's what drives me nuts. Like, oh yeah, this is actually uh, Earth B five. I'm like, D okay, 
I'm 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 not that big of a nerd. It's rated R due to sex and nudity seven times, gore and violence 19 times, and profanity twice, apparently. Oh, perish the thought. Profanity? How dare they? Speaking of profanity, if you haven't already, I highly recommend to you people out there, um, if you Netflix and chill, you need to check out History of Swear Words. That's actually been really enjoyable for me. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage basically being the the narrator, the host of the History of Swear Words. Words. I'm definitely not. It is funny as hell. I will. It is funny as hell. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like it could really be Samuel L. Jackson. I'm just saying. So they br- they they brought up um, who has said the f word the most, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, you know, Nicholas Cage is jokingly saying. Uh, well, of course it's me. You know, I'm I'm one of the top guys, and everyone guessed Samuel L. Jackson. That's not the correct answer. Oh, who is it? It's someone you would never expect. Jonah Hill. Huh. Interesting. It's because of one of his movies he's spouted like 114 times. <laughs> nice. It's like astronomical. Did you say any other words in the movie? That was his like. Anytime he had a line, he didn't even read it. It was just like. Fuck it. Yep. 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 But anyways, uh, definitely highly recommend that. And since I'm doing recommendations, especially on Netflix, uh, there is another show, uh, thankfully, uh, for to help individuals who do not do uh, subtitles. Uh, there is a, there, um, it is dubbed. Um, it is a French um, TV series called Lupin, L-U-P-I-N. Uh, there's actually an anime and, um, named Lupin. Hmm. Just a different pronunciation. It's the same kind of character. It's about a, uh, uh, basically, it's around a fictitious, like, gentleman thief character. But this one, Lupin, uh, the French one, uh, sit around a gentleman who is trying to right the wrongs of what happened to him in the past. And it is really good. And the the first section of it um, is, um, because they've only released the first part, is phenomenal and i had that and the the moment that you know uh, producers and writers want you to have when you're watching a show or a movie is you have a son of a bitch i need more and i they got it from me so if you have the ability to do so i highly recommend if you got netflix definitely check out lupin or lupin whatever you want to call it um it is phenomenal um to show you that it go that it definitely crosses um, uh, generations, I told my mom, who was on a uh, an, a cross continental flight today, I was like, "Look, I know that you when you go on flights, you like to download some Netflix shows that you, so you can you know um, have stuff to do while you're in the air." I said, "Download this, watch it." You know, she could she's uh, she's French. Uh, so she could probably, she probably listened to the actual French sound, uh, thing, or maybe she watched the English. I don't know. Um, but I get a text message from her when she lands, she goes, Oh my God, it's so amazing. Please tell me there's more. I'm like, apparently it might be more, but anyways, God bless the French. Sure. Well, of course, Netflix, you never quite know if they're going to actually like, well, you've had one season that's good enough for you, sir. No, but this one, this one's more like, like BBC style. Like they, they spat out, I think it's like five episodes, but they're like 
45 minutes long or something like that. And from my mm-hmm. understanding, if I read it correctly, uh, there's going to be another, re- you know, like, I guess, bulk release uh, January the 21st. I hope I cross my fingers because I have to know more. Um, but seriously, check it out. Um, oh my gosh. I just blinked. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, I might have, I might be all over the place, uh, tonight. Um, it has been a very long week, uh, with rearranging the office. As you have noticed, there are no Funko Pops behind me. Um, the Funko Pops are secure in an area that will not get stomped upon, but they are, I, I'm, I am having to build new shelves for them. Yes, I will build the shelves. Um, because the shelves that I had are too wide. Too wide? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Well, if I'm going to have them right, because I'm going to put them right behind me. So I don't, if they jut too far out from the wall, then I'll be uh, basically right up against myself again. Mm, but anyways. Mm. Um, what if you had like I'm on a rail that came out from the, what if you actually tore down the wall and built them into the wall with like lighting looking down on them? I wouldn't tear down the wall because that's the workshop. Um, but building a you know a bookcase into the wall was probably a little too ambitious for me. Oh come on, you got this. No, no, I'll I'll just buy, I'll I'll just build some shelving, and then um, and then display them as they rightfully deserve to be displayed. Um, but anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know that, um, if you actually, if you actually tuned in to Tuesday night's broadcast, the vast majority of that broadcast was not me playing games. It was me (laughs) reassembling my computer desk and then also moving stuff. And, uh, I, I want to thank the, the individuals who, uh, said hello in the chat and then, um, actually stuck around to watch me frantically try to put shit back together. Uh, and for those of you who may not have had a chance to ask, yes, I was doing our, uh, uh, I was playing previous editions of our, our show podcast form because I was actually curious because I, I was playing the, the podcast over my phone and, uh, the, uh, webcam mic was actually picking up the sound and I was very curious to see if I was going to, if I could possibly get a, a, a copyright ding on myself. Uh, I don't think I did, which kind of saddens me. It kind of makes me happy at the same time. Um, but, uh, as Sam says, I saw that couldn't figure out what was going on. I was moving stuff around and reassembling stuff. And then once all that was done, I decided that that wasn't going to work out and I had to move shit again. So yeah, nice. Yeah. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've reached the end of our show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zilly, it's been a pleasure giving everything come our heads, our malice, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. <laughs> Aim it up, brother. Uh-huh. <laughs>